You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Monday, December the 14th. Making it through another week here in December as we move closer and closer to the end of 2020, which I think most of us are going to be pretty happy about as we can kind of take the lessons from this year and move on. But definitely uh, 2020 was quite a year for a lot of us. So let's uh, be happy that we're nearing the end of 2020. Thanks for tuning in to Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Lucas Smith, St. Louis Cardinals mega fan. Coming to you from Columbia, Missouri, as I finish up my finals week here at school here at the University of Missouri, Mizzou, with a huge win over Illinois. And, you know, for those of you who follow my Twitter, it was Bragging Rights is tough for me because I, I grew up in Bloomington, Illinois. I grew up an Illinois fan. Still pay attention to Illinois. Still would consider myself, uh, you know, at least a partial Illinois fan. So Bragging Rights definitely was uh, difficult for me a little bit to watch two of my favorite teams, two of my favorite colleges squared off, but I was happy with the result. I think, you know, the officiating was what it was for the most part, questionable things here and there, but I think both teams got a couple calls here and there, but, um, you know, Mizzou football disappointed a little bit, but for your Mizzou content, head over to Locked On Mizzou. John Miller does a great job over there, but so be sure to give him a follow and uh, subscribe there, but let's go ahead and start talking baseball. Thanks for tuning in today, and every day you tune in, as I always like to say. But today, we, uh, you know, if, if you missed the show on Friday, that's okay. Um, what, what, what I talked about basically was kind of the Molina situation. There have been reports out um, of Molina calling the most recent offer by the Cardinals ridiculous, and you know, people have their opinions on whether or not the front office is to blame, or whether or not Molina is to blame. Is he worth the ten million dollars annually that he wants? And I shared my thoughts, and I, you know, just to address it. I said I have said in the past, I posted on Instagram in the past, that the Cardinals need to sign Molina, period. No ifs, ands, or buts, and all that good stuff. But, you know, opinions change. I look at things a little differently. And, you know, but to summarize Monday's sh- or Friday's show, excuse me, basically was, you know, I love Yachty. I would like to see him come back to St. Louis, obviously, but it cannot be for $10 million, in my opinion. Whether or not that happens or not is, you know, different discussion, but I just don't think he's worth the $10 million annually that he wants, especially when you're looking at the stats. But as I'll discuss today, a little bit more in depth, as I look at kind of uh, posted on Twitter and Instagram, and also got an email to share about uh, kind of, it's Mailbag Monday, basically Mailbag Monday on Molina. I'll be answering your guys' questions, comments, complaints, and concerns about the Cardinal great, in my opinion, the Hall of Famer, Yadier Molina. So let's get right to it. I've got one email to share with you. Um, again, for those of you who don't know, the email is at lockedoncards at gmail.com. This one comes from Owen Dreyer. I believe that's how you say his last name. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong, Owen. Uh, one of my you know, consistent listeners, consistent Twitter interactions, so I appreciate it. Uh, he says, completely understand the argument for not re-signing him. He was in Molina, but it's about so much more than the stats. As someone who grew up idolizing Yachty, the thought of him playing for anyone besides the St. Louis Cardinals just makes me sick. You know, I, I responded to Owen uh, personally, but you know, I just wanted to share that. You know, I totally understand that. I, you know, I, I've said even on Friday's show and before that I don't want to see Yachty go, and I understand that's more than the stats. 
but when you're looking at whether or not Drew signed Molina, it you have to take the stats into account. It, it's it's a balancing act because the stats matter, but also the legacy does matter. I think it's a give and take. There's a lot of people right now saying, oh, only look at the stats. That's why you don't re-sign them. Or some people saying, oh, only look at the legacy. Only look at the intangibles. That's why you do re-sign them. And to be to be honest, I understand the arguments for both. I'm not trying to be wishy-washy or not give my full opinion, but that's my opinion. I understand both sides of the argument. There has to be a balancing. Like, there has to be a give and take as to whether or not you look at the stats and the intangibles because they both matter. This is a this is a gray area. There's no if and or buts about it being a gray area. It is a tough decision to make. It really, really is. You have to take stats and there's multiple things you have to take into account. Stats, intangibles, money, how much you want to invest into him versus improving the team. It's a tough decision to make, but you have to look at all the factors when deciding. And I think, you know, when when you're looking at when you're talking about, oh, I don't want to see Yadi in another uniform. That that's no reason just to, you know just because of us as a fan base I think most people would would, would consider, be on this side of the spectrum of not wanting to see him Leonardo go or not wanting him to see not wanting to see him in another uniform that in and of itself is not a reason to re-sign Molina it it, it just isn't and I'm sorry to say that um, so Owen thank you for your comment I agree that it would be tough to see him go um, 100% and I I don't want to see him go like I've talked about. Um, but at the same time, you've got to take other things into account. So now going over to, to Twitter before um, get over to, to Instagram as well. Um, this reply comes from at TD Jones 53, Terry Jones. He says, I think it's nearly inevitable that he and Wainwright will re-sign with the Cardinals probably Christmas week. I think they'll basically sign one another sign one other player for $5 million left and I hope for internal options on offense to improve drastically Five periods again. So I think Terry's kind of under the impression that, you know, or has the opinion, and I don't mean to speak for Terry, but just kind of going off of his tweet saying that he doesn't think the Cardinals are going to make that many moves. And that's fine. Um, you know, he says it's inevitable that they resign. I, I I kind of agree with Terry here. I think at, at some point, Moselock will res like, you know, it, not, not giving in to the fans' temptations um, at, per, per se or at all, but there is a point to where, you know, you have to, Another thing to keep in, in mind, you know, another factor to, to add to this whole mess of, of factors and things to keep in mind, you have to keep in mind the fan base. And, you know, is it going to be drastic in terms of, you know, how many fans are you really going to lose if you don't re-sign Molina? Is it a lot? Is it none? Does that matter? Got to sell tickets. But I think, you know, having the mindset that they're inevitably going to re-sign, not that it's lazy, but I do think, you know, I, I you know, I think they. It's just tough because I have all these notes and everything and thoughts, but I go back and forth all the time on both Wainwright and Molina. And I mentioned on the show on Friday that I think it's more likely, more likely rather, that Wainwright resigns. But um, it it it, it's just tough as an organization when you do have a, a limited amount of money to allocate to improvements that everybody knows the Cardinals need to make. The Cardinals know that they need to make these improvements, especially when you're looking at the offensive side of things. And in my opinion, when you're looking at one of, if not both, of the corner and outfield spots, you know, depending on where you want to put Bader and Carlson and if Fowler's getting paid too much to sit and all these different things, I think he, he's getting paid too much to sit. Fowler's going to play, but that's a, another podcast episode. But it, it, if they do resign him, like I said a thousand times, I don't mean to beat a horse dead, but it cannot be for the $10 million that went, that Molina wants. I think Wainwright knows that. 
for in terms of his resigning, and he's yet to receive a physical offer, at least as of reported late last week by Mark Saxon. I would not be surprised if that's the same case. But in terms of the timeline that Terry laid out, I, you know, it's it's hard to judge. You see all these moves being made over the winter winter meetings, and the Cardinals were noticeably inactive during the winter meetings last week, and it's unfortunate because you know, I mean, for for instance, you saw James McCann sign, and I was talking with somebody on on, on Instagram saying, you know, he was upset that they didn't sign McCann. And, you know, I kind of said, well, it was inevitable. They're not going to sign. They weren't going to sign a catcher, a replacement for Molina, if Molina is still on the board. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are no moves made by the Cardinals until Molina and Wainwright are both either re-signed or both off the board. Mosaic has made it clear that this is a priority for him to re-sign these guys. Whether or not you think it's a good priority or not, that's the priority he's going to take. So I don't see the Cardinals being very active until Wainwright and Molina are either both re-signed or both off the board, as in signed by another team, retire, whatever it might be. Especially when you're looking at if the Cardinals are going to look outside of uh, the organization for a catcher replacement. No catcher is coming to St. Louis until Molina leaves. So I I wouldn't expect, and it's unfortunate because I think they need to be more active than they have been, but I would not expect much action from St. Louis when you're looking at... um, I wouldn't expect much action from St. Louis until both these guys are resolved, signed or otherwise. So before I move on to, to the Instagram comments, because I have a couple more Instagram comments to share, and then I'll give my general thoughts on Molina. Uh, I do want to take uh, this, this moment to thank sponsor for the show, great sponsor, great friends over at Built Bar. Because Built Bar is an incredible, incredible company with incredible, incredible nutrient bars. I've got 18 amazing flavors of bars, including nut and non-nut flavors, uh, my favorite of their new flavors is cookies and cream. My 12 original flavors, or some of my 12 favorite original flavors, are coconut almond, banana bread, mint chocolate, or mint, mint brownie, excuse me, toffee almond, and coconut. All these bars are soft, easy to chew, and even better, they're 100% covered in chocolate. However, they're still healthy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Let's take a look at the flavor, flavor profile for my favorite bar, cookies and cream. In one bar, you get 17 grams of protein for 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. That's a pretty good flavor profile for the cookies and cream bar. You go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's right, it's up to 20%. Just for being a listener of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Before I get to the two interim comments, you know, I mentioned in the last thing a little bit about Mozeliak, um discussing the, you know, the, the fan angst and everything like that. And there, there's a quote from him that um, that is via STL today that was posted by STL Sports Central Grid account over on Instagram. Um, that said, I'm just going to read a part of it. Um, if you want the full quote, you can go to STL Sports Central for the full quote or STL today. But uh, Mozeliak says. Uh, I'm not really surprised by all the fan angst. You kind of hear hear it all the time. Even when you go out and do something big, like go out and trade for Paul Goldschmidt, it's then what's next. So I think trying to appease that type of voice is virtually impossible. I think the general consensus response is going to be, well, yeah, it's what next. We want consistent results, so you've got to keep making moves. And I understand that. You, you know, as they like to any program or organization team needs to keep making moves beyond the 
big moves that they make in order to keep a fan base happy, to keep them buying tickets. I think everybody, including Mozeliak, knows that. But I do think there is a point to what Mozeliak is saying, and you can't appease an entire fan base. And this might be saying something obvious, might be saying something not obvious. I don't know. But no move, whether you're talking about Molina, whether you're talking about Cardinals, whatever sport, no move is going to make an entire fan base happy. There are very few moves, even in my opinion, that make um, that, that make majority of a fan base happy. Everybody's got their own opinions. Every opinion, whether it's you know resign or don't resign, it, it, it's valid for the most part, especially the Molina issue. Um, and it, it, it's just tough, especially when you're talking about something like the Molina issue that will affect so many fans. There have been many people that have responded to my Twitter. I see St. Louis Twitter. Some people say they won't even buy any tickets next year if Molina doesn't resign. They're not going to go to watch games. They're not going to watch games if Molina doesn't resign. So it's, again, a very difficult, extremely difficult, really, balancing act of all these different factors and so many factors that we, uh, both fans and we in the media, we just don't see. So just want to get that quote out there. Um, Let's move on to the Instagram comments to kind of Neither, neither rapper of the show. Um, on Instagram, set up on the Instagram story. Appreciate all these. Um, CR Hopfinger says, uh, more than I ever do want him to, more than ever I do want him to walk, resign Wayno. Yachty is nowhere near worth $10 million. I think for the most part, you know, I, I know I just said, uh, no, I know I just said what I said, but I think for the most part, from what I've seen, people realize that he's not actually worth $10 million. Some people are saying pay him regardless that the intangibles make up for it or his meaning to the city makes up for it. But I've said before, I posted on the show, Twitter and Instagram on Friday saying that the stats, you know, just like um, C.R. Hopfinger says, the stats nowhere near warrant him $10 million. Like I said, if you're just going to look at the stats without the name, without the legacy... Stats nowhere close, put them at $10 million. And before everybody puts me on blast for that saying, I know there's a couple accounts that put, put that posted that without the other content. You have to take all the content to do effect. If you're going to bash the show, bash my comments, listen to the show, listen to what I have to say, then you can talk to me about it. The stats don't warrant a $10 million contract. That does not mean that I'm taking everything else out of the equation. Even with the intangibles that I recognize are very high, and the meaning to his city, which is very high, he's not worth $10 million. So I agree with with, uh, that response. And then JodaFO04 says, As a Cardinals fan, I love Yachty and wanted him to remain a Cardinal, but if he really wanted to remain in St. Louis, he would have accepted St. Louis more than generous offer for him. Again, agreed. I think that there, there comes to point also that you have to wonder, you know, if he really means what he says, would he continue to negotiate like this? If he really wanted to be a Cardinal no matter what, he would take what he's been offered. And or he would say, hey, I'm not worth that much. <laughs> take a discount. One of the best hitters ever, Tony Gwynn, stayed in San Diego for, I don't know, 19, 20 years. Took a San Diego discount. Didn't want to leave San Diego. He could have been paid a lot more money, a lot of different other places. But he really wanted to be a lifetime Padre, so he stayed in San Diego for a discounted price. Last response to get to stlcards.covered says he can leave if he wants. He can leave if he's going to act like this. Better options on the market anyways. Better options on the market, sure, but I mean, the Cardinals aren't going to get Real Muto. They already passed on McCann. So, I mean, there, there are better options internally for sure. Kisner has shown at the minor league level at least um, to do this with consistent playing time. So, you know, I, I just hope that Cardinal fans don't take this and kind of tarnish his legacy uh, because no matter how you feel about him, he does mean a lot to St. Louis. He does, He's had a tremendous career in St. Louis and it, you know, 
there's there's so much hate in the world. Not to get too philosophical, there is so much hate in this world right now. There's so much hate even around the sporting world that you know even if Molina doesn't resign, that unless he comes out and says something egregious more than he's already said. Um, then I just hope that the hate doesn't carry over. But um, thanks for all the responses on the email, Twitter, and Instagram. You know, at any time, if you guys have any questions, comments, complaints, or concerns about anything, um, social media, LO underscore Cardinals, and Gmail, LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Uh, my Twitter is at LJFastball. But to kind of wrap up the show, um, I'll, I'm going to give my general thoughts. Um, this is not a cut-and-dry issue. There are people on both sides of the argument that have valid points. I've said it before. I'm saying it now. I will say it again. The stats do not warrant a $10 million a year contract. That does not mean I am not taking into account the intangibles and what he means because this this is he is human. This is a human person we're talking about. There are things other than the baseball stats. Even with everything that Yadier Molina means to this city, to this team, to this franchise, to this fan base, he is not worth $10 million because you still have to worry about the product on the field. Yadier Molina is one of the greatest Cardinals of all time. He is not who he once was. I still think I would like to see the Cardinals re-sign him, but it cannot break the bank. It cannot be, in my opinion, more than $7 million annually. And there are so many people with so many different opinions on this. This is not as simple as people are making it out to be. There is right and wrong on both sides of this argument. And it's extremely difficult because of who we're dealing with. Because of who Yadier Molina is. Because of what he means to everything I've talked about. This is an impossible balancing act of a thousand different factors that the Cardinals front office has to balance in the decision they have to make. So don't make it so simple. It's not simple. It is an extremely difficult decision to make with factors that we don't even see. It is an extremely difficult decision for Merzalock and company. So that's all I got. If you guys have questions, comments, complaints, or concern, I've already given my contact information. Make sure you subscribe and, and uh, rate the show on iTunes if you're not on iTunes as well. But um, if you're a basketball fan, we've got basketball coming up. The Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcasts all this week. The waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from the draft guru, Chad Ford. I'll be sure to tune in to the preview of the Chicago Bulls. I'm from Illinois, so that's why I'm looking over there. But um, I know Locked On Royals host Ryland Stiles hosts Locked On Thunder for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Lots of great hosts, lots of great hosts on the NBA market. Uh, so be sure to subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. Bit of a longer episode today. Appreciate you guys staying with me. Um, be sure to tune back in to Locked On Cardinals for the rest of the week. But um, until I talk to you again, my name is Lucas Smith. Stay safe, stay well, and have a great day. Thank you.